Hello and welcome to Lion City Rock, the podcast that talks to you all out. I'm going to start again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Lion City Rock, the podcast that talks all about Singapore's uh, pop music scene from the past to the present and to the future. Yes, to the future. Infinity and beyond. Infinity and beyond. Hey, actually, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, actually, we're going to be quite late for, for me to say Happy New Year and stuff like that because, but then I realized this episode is coming out and we can still say Happy New Year, no. but in Chinese. So, Kong Si Fat Thai to everybody who's yes, yes, uh, listening. Kong Hei Fat Choi. Kong Hei Fat Choi, yeah. Cantonese, yeah. Cantonese, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one Su Rui, Nian Nian Yu Yi, and whatever. All the other stuff that talks about giving you prosperous prosperity and mm-hmm. wealth and happiness for the mm. Lunar New Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't celebrate Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, yeah, enjoy the holiday. Yeah, just enjoy the holiday. It's a long weekend. Yeah, very long weekend. You know, it's quite long, right? I don't know. I don't know how yeah. long it is. Um, until Tuesday, I think it's four days. Yeah, so enjoy the because very long Sunday weekend. is the first day. So second right. day, then Wednesday becomes the the, the in lieu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. I think that's, right. like, I think that's yeah, how it the works. Otang, yeah. right? The Otang, the, the yeah, Otang. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're speaking about New Year's. <laughs> we've got another <laughs> New Year yeah. episode for you. Yeah. Um, so last, uh, last year, we, we, we covered 1965 yeah. as one of those key years in the Singapore music history. Yeah. And today, we are going to talk about 1995. Yeah. yeah. 30, 30 years, 30 years. After, yeah. after the whole... Uh, Which is almost 30 movie. years ago, 1995. <laughs> to where we are now. We have two more years to... Two more years to... to oh, yeah, man. 2025, so... Which would be 60 years from 65. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Uh, time flies. Uh, when you're, time flies, yes. Time flies when you're having fun. Hashtag, 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 hashtag time, flies. time flies. This will be our new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully the, the year has gotten off to a good start for you. Uh, mm. Kevin? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, okay, quite good so far. This is the bit where you talk a bit. Getting back into the saddle in, in, in terms of all the okay. things that you... Because usually the holiday period, especially the last two weeks of the year, mm. everything sort of kind of comes to a standstill to a certain extent. Right, right. right? Yeah. 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 So it's always like, once the new year comes in, once January kicks in, then you're like, okay, let's kind of get back into the groove, yeah. like school and whatever else. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same line. It just it takes me about you know uh, the whole month of January to get back into the groove. Uh. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to uh, yeah. yes, this week's episode, uh, yeah. 1995. Um, 1995, yes. Yeah. So today we're gonna we're just gonna track through the year. We're gonna look at some of the key things that happened um, music-wise, of course, uh, in Singapore, mm. and uh, just talk a bit about that. Just you know, shoot the breeze. And discuss, yeah. you know, the kind of things that happened through the year. I think we'll kick off with with, with um, these these articles in January. Some of which are quite interesting that that um, that we can always we will get back to um, later on in the in the in this episode as well. Mm. I just want to kick off with a couple of a uh, couple of uh, quotes from some of our musos and people associated with the music scene. Mm. Um, so this this article came out on 5th of Jan 1995 and it was the new paper and they talked to some local personalities, you know, mm. including musicians and stuff. Mm. And uh, here are some of the general wishes for the year. That shows the state of the world, I suppose, or the state of their mind of all these musicians. Mm. Uh, first one is uh, John Molina, singer of Kruger. Mm. Um, a very, very big 
even at that time, it was already a very well. I mean, the, I mean, just before that, there's Eric, like, Eric Koo. Eric Koo. Yes, yes, Eric Koo. <laughs> Twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Let's go, Eric Koo. Eric Koo. Um, yeah, who refused to reveal his personal wish for the year, but <laughs> the, his general wish is racism will be flushed down the toilet bowl, and when yeah. and bigotry is a pain in the butt, he says. I also wish that the suffering in the world could be healed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, significantly that that in January, right? Uh, yes, Mipop Man has not been released yet. Yes, he's still. I think this was while he'll be finishing up the post production on the on the the show, though, because yeah. he would have shot it the year before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so when they he, say award winning, they're talking about short films, lah. I think it's talking about. I think they're talking about short films like um, yeah, August, right. I think. And, yeah, yeah. And, right. Yeah. Pain, pain, and all that. Lah. Yeah, so it's so it's quite interesting that they, they mentioned that already. So he's kind of I mean this is before Ming Pao Man, right? So yeah, so he's already kind of made made himself known, at least in the circuit in the film circuit, if, if nothing mm. else. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. So John Molina, um, twenty four. <laughs> he was twenty four. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this, he well that my album will really take off. He has no name for it yet, but the material is really cool. Okay, I don't, I don't. I do. I, I don't recall this album. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm sure it must have been released sometime. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It looks ironic now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's his personal wish. His right. general wish, like, I, I, let me just every every almost everybody when they talk about their general wish, right? It's all about um, very interesting. No, no fighting. Yeah, it's a it's a beauty oh, pageant. No racism. It's all it's all that. It's all it's, it's a all. beauty pageant kind of thing, la. <laughs> Yeah, la. Yeah, but but the fact is, some of them pick up some of them. I mean, like, like Eric picked up racism and yep. bigotry as his yep. key, which you know, thirty years later, still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He can, wow. He can, he can keep repeating this wish. For, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Human beings. So, yeah. 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 Difficult. Difficult, la. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the next one is by Leslie Lowe. So Leslie Lowe, twenty-two, <laughs> a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's obviously the singer-songwriter of Humbug Oak, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course he did the Observatory, and now he's got a whole bunch of cool new music. Yeah, yeah, he's very prolific. Last year, and so yeah, um, yeah. At that point in time, though, he was still with Humbug Oak, and uh, their wish for the year was that. You know that the band will have more new songs enough to make another album. That's funny. Yes. Considering how prolific it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they did come up with another album after that. Anyway, Ghostfather came out. They did, they did, they did. After yes. the year after this, right? If I'm not yes, wrong. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I like his general wish because New Young from Singapore. We're still, we're still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I think the other one I'll go into is uh, Joe Ng. At the time, yeah. in 19, he was 28 at the time. 1995, he would yeah. be still in the Padres. He'd be fronting yeah. the Padres as well as... Was he still was he still working for the record label? At, at, probably, yeah, probably. Maybe, yeah, could be Rock Records. Was it Rock mm. already? Okay. Not sure, not sure. His general <laughs> wish is that the local music scene will continue to grow. Not just in quantity, but in quality as well. Something we saw in 1994. Yes, 1994 was a good year for that. Right. And there was some really quality songwriting and very good demos that year. Um, these, yeah, his wish is that these musicians would be able to find the platform to grow. And find them they have. Mm. Kind of, sort of. Not yeah. really, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I mean, as we, as we go through the articles, I think one of the kind of things we can pick up really is that by 95... You could say that the local bands, local so-called musicians were kind of part of the uh, Singapore pop culture landscape. La. Yes. Right? The fact the fact that we had a pop culture landscape <laughs> it's already, it's was, already. was something else, was something already, right? Yeah. You know, compared to the 80s. I mean, 80s had a little bit. Yeah. But it's like, it was like, this is like nothing really, right? For newspaper to do this sort of thing, that means that, mm. right? They, yeah, they right. kind of expect expect that there's some uh, you know it's newsworthy in a, to a certain extent yeah right yeah, yeah. so it's, it's not really difficult for any other reporters to say hey you know let's do a story on that's true that's true that's true and and, yeah. and more often than not 
uh, they would agree. I mean, yes. I remember we, yes. we talked about this about the 1965 when we covered 1965 last year. Mm, mm. I, I complained that it was very, very difficult to find mainstream yes, yes. articles about yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But in 1995, it, I think the reverse is true. Um, mm. Actually, there, there's so many. I mean, to, whatever we're going to cover in this episode is, is literally not even half of every single thing. That yeah, yeah, quite, quite a lot. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I think for me personally... Uh, that's one thing that surprised me, like, you know, when we first came out with Watchmen in 93, or right? just two years before this. And the surprise was how much press <laughs> right. yeah. we managed to get back then in 93. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I thought quite a lot of cuttings, right? So it's like, mm. it's, it's, it's like, it was, it was really like a right time in a sense like, that, you know, yeah, you know, the media was all ready to and embrace the local artists or local musicians. Yeah, I agree. And, and and it's very interesting also because like you see, like there are quite a few stories about um pubs and bands playing in pubs. <laughs> yeah. Um Dennis Fu, he of St. James Power Station. St. James, James, yeah. St. James. James. St. James. Did, did he ever saw what have one called Europa? Yeah, yeah he did. He he held the Europa chain last time. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. Uh, St. James as well. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, one, there's one story about him opening a jazz club with Jeremy Montero. Mm. So, and this is 95, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's a well known name in the night scene, nightclub yep. scene. Like, Europa is very, very um, just your bar, your typical bar kind of thing, right? You, right. You would get musicians playing there, um, usually just mm. a singer songwriter or just a, one guy, acoustic guitar. Sometimes with bands and stuff like that. Um, so he was actually quite one of the few people who were quite into getting live music into the pubs and all that. Lah. That's why St. James, like in the St. James complex itself, you had Movida, which had a band playing. You had, um, what's the one we're talking to with Nelson? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the Chinese <laughs> pub there, they also had a band uh, playing there as well. A live band. We shot, what, we shot the dragon. Are you talking about dragonfly? Dragonfly, dragonfly. yeah, that's right. So that's right, all right, part of right. the St. James compound. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm just trying to figure out what is the name of this jazz club? The, there's no name, right? Yeah, there yeah, there's no name. That's so weird. What kind of article is this? <laughs> oh, no, there, there it is. There oh, wait, Jeremy's, Jeremy's, Jeremy's reborn. Jeremy's club. Is it? Jeremy's. Jeremy's Jazz and Blues Club. Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. Ah. Jeremy's Jazz and Blues Club. Yeah. So it was... Where it was previously it? a Liang Court. Uh, Liang uh-huh. Court up, upstairs. And then... Yeah, so they moved... Moved to where? <laughs> oh, International... <laughs> um, um, sorry, sorry. Oh, international Building. Yes, International <laughs> Building, which is the one uh, in building, uh, yeah, CBD, yeah. right? Uh, yes. CBD. No, no, no that's International Plaza. International Building, Orchard Road. Orchard Road, Orchard Road. Orchard Road. Yeah. Opposite galleries, Lafayette. Forum, la, where Forum yeah. is now. La. Ah, where, where Forum, opposite Forum. La, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. It was kind of like, like from Lido, you just walk further down a little bit. Yeah. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the one. La. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that took us a long time to figure this out. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, there were some other pubs that were interest, uh, opening up, which was quite interesting. Then there's uh, also yeah, one article about Crazy Elephant, right? Yeah. And to me, this is. This is this I think Crazy Elephant is the one thing that has that really, really made quite an impact in that year alone. Yes, yes. yes. Um yeah. So Crazy Elephant, um, they opened up early in early in the year. Um it's a, it was primarily a blues club. The thing is you would get a band like say Heritage playing there. And I remember going to watch Heritage all the time at, at Crazy Elephant. When they would be, you know, playing their own stuff as well as playing, you know, blues rock lah. It's more blues rock than yeah. anything lah. Like your yeah, 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 Hendrix, yeah. Early Led Zeppelin, early Deep Purple. Yeah. You know, very blues influenced classic like, stuff lah. Yeah, and and uh, and on weekends they would have a jam session where anybody's like open mic kind of thing mm. where you can join the house yeah. band on stage. So you know, just go mm. out and play whatever lah. Whatever you want to mm. play lah. There's not. I mean, it has to be primarily blues lah. You can't go up there and start singing your your Madonna or yeah. whatever lah. Unless you play yeah. blues style, then they don't mind. Yeah. So I mean, it it lasted for about twenty twenty odd years lah. Right before the pandemic basically shut it down. Yeah. Twenty five years. 
Yeah. Okay. So, then, so that that's quite that's quite significant. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. I mean, one of the key things I remember was um, like you know, touring bands would go there, and I yes, I, I distinctly yeah. remember yeah. this because one of the bands that came to Singapore in '95 was REM, and after the gig at the indoor stadium, uh, it was reported mm. that Mike Mills and a couple of other guys from the band uh, mm. were were Crazy Elephant. And they went up to stage and to jam and stuff like that as well. <laughs> which, 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 which most, which is what they do, right? Most of the time, right? In in in, a, in the US. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They will find some. That's why I have first find some. Right. So they might ask, you know, hey, where 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 is, is there any good, uh, you know, yeah. places you can just jam? And it's all oh, crazy. Elephant, or just go right? somewhere so to wind down probably, and stuff like that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, check yeah. out the night nightlife or whatever, right? That's kind of to be expected. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah. So interesting, I mean, like, like. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you did you go there? I I used to go there quite a lot. I used to go there quite a not, lot. Not not really. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. I think once, once or twice only. I can only recall. Yeah. You, me and my my bandmate at the time or whatever always go there for on weekends mm. to for the jam thing. And uh, or just to watch Heritage play because and Heritage, what I liked about Heritage is they, they I mean apart from being like brilliant musicians right they also know how to do a a, a cool show to show off <laughs> to show off their musicianship and the the one trick that that they always had was uh, the drummer he'd do this trick where he'd take a fifty cent coin right and place it on the wall and then he'd hit the coin so hit the coin very rapidly with his, uh, with his drumsticks and just hit it such that the coin will still stay up on the wall. You know what I mean? That's, that's his party trick. That's, that was his party trick for the night. I mean, they're definitely, I mean, heritage stalwarts now because like, I mean, they're from the 70s. Yep. Yeah. So like in 95, it's really 20 over years. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I, I mentioned before that I first saw them in 1979. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, at, the, okay, at the National Theatre. National Theatre, the right? Theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To me, out of all the places that were reported about being open, I mean, this one is probably the most iconic, lah. Now, I don't think yes, the other guys lasted beyond a, a few years. Yeah, I mean, Singapore, Singapore context, you know, uh, it's not easy to keep uh, unless you yeah a bar or run, yeah. running lah. So this like crazy elephant twenty over years there. It's quite an achievement. Yep. Got some trouble in my backyard. Oh, not always true. Got some trouble in my backyard. Oh, not always true. Got some bad eggs in my head. I mean, and you also mentioned the. I mean, just now you're talking about like how. You know, um, the mainstream media were talking more about the scene and stuff like that, right? I think yes, I think yes. one I think I think a, a great example of how the scene had grown in that space of time from the, from nineteen ninety to ninety five is uh, mm. the fact that TNP devoted like its whole cover section for looking. No, yeah, yeah, they were doing a lot. Yeah, uh, TNP. Yeah, they were doing a lot of. Local music coverage. Yeah, thanks to writers like Dave Ang and, and, and Chris Ho. Yes, yes, yes. A, bit. a lot, a lot. Three times, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's why it was an interesting interesting time. Yeah. Yeah. And and this one, TNP, the one that TNP covered was um, the Local Music Awards. Uh, the Perfect Ten Awards, as it was called at the time. Yes. Organized by Perfect Ten, a.k.a. Yeah, 987. Yeah. 987. FM, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, was it called Media Corp then? I don't know. Maybe it was still TCS. TCS. Uh, it was after. It was. It'll be after SBC. SBC was like the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had RTS and then they had SBC and then they had. And then it was TCS like They actually kept the Media Corp thing for quite long, though. Yeah, yeah. Consid- all things considered. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all things considered. Yeah. They had one award show in '94. Yep. Yeah. Although yep. that wasn't as. A com- comparatively, it wasn't as, as widely covered as this one in '95, which was um, about four and pages. They have, they have Paul Zach also, right? Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Correct. 
So, but it's it's quite interesting that you know uh, the new paper of all the papers would would devote its cover, which is, this is like it, the center spread of the whole yep. paper for the weekend. Yeah. It's a weekend paper, but yeah. you know, taking out the center, so you open, <laughs> you know, your your center spread, you get to see yeah, yeah, it's like it's the so-called weekender, it's like a, a weekender. Yeah, it was all totally more or less dedicated to year end thing. I mean, this yeah year watch, beginning. Watch. Yeah, but also, but also, what was interesting about this, uh, the, these articles that were not just about like who won what or who was nominated for what, because the mm. I think the the award itself was in February, but there mm. was a lot of talk about how how the support, uh, it was like a report card on how the support of um, local bands were, yes, um, the public support yes. that is, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they interview a few bands like Radioactive, um, mm. with Jeff Long, and I think Elsie mm. as singing it, singing in it. Um, they they did uh, Humpback Oak. They also did the Padres. Mm. So all mm. these bands at the time were obviously um, coming. Uh, yeah. known entities that they did. Yes, because like, if you read the article, right, they didn't have to explain it very much. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they hardly explain who this band is and all that kind of stuff. You know, like like the one on the Padres, right? The first, the first the first sentence is, "What don't you know about the Padres after 1994?" Yeah, so like 94, 95, 96 is basically it's like everybody knows who Jordan is. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He was in me, Pop Man, uh, yeah, he is Padres, uh, So I think most people, I mean, who give a damn about music and film, and <laughs> yeah, 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 know who he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became like like the like a the star in, you know in the sense yep. of the world yeah you know. but they didn't win right no 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 no. I think uh, Humbag Oak won for favourite local act yeah. not surprisingly like, after their album um, it's kind of weird because like you know uh, Perfect 10 is like very very uh, mainstream right 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 so it seems a bit of a contradiction like some, someone yeah, like indie band a, like a, a band, yeah a band like Humbag Oak <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although, I mean, to be fair, if you listen to that music, I mean, at the time, that was the kind of music that radio was playing anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the 90s, you had this like, indie alternative yep. kind of rock music. Acoustic so. rock kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so it's not surprising. Because obviously, you know, they, pro- they were playing on radio quite a lot. They were, they were. So 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 maybe not surprising. It, it was definitely helped by the fact that, yeah, like you said, uh, the bands like R.E.M., you know, at the time they had gone into an acoustic kind of thing with out of time and automatic people. So, mm. you know, the bands like that also kind of like helped to help to like uh, pave the way in a way. Yeah. For for the local bands to come on and people can go, Oh yeah, you know, these guys sound like REM. I mean all the comparisons were made, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was there's this point of reference for people, which I guess kind of makes it easy for the audience here to accept. Yeah, but uh, there's this there's this piece which I like um, about this band that got nominated for three awards: uh, song of the year, favorite local album, and favorite new local act. This band is Love Hunters. <laughs> new? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was why. That's why I picked it up. Yeah, funny. New English local act lah. Maybe lah. Maybe they should have qualified that because the uh, song was Angel yes. in the Night. Uh, that was produced by Ramli, sorry. Yeah, it, it, was it Ramli? I think it was. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not wrong, if I remember correctly, because we met, we met the uh, Moliano, the guitarist, last year at the National Day Parade. Yeah. And uh, he was talk- talking to us about you know the band and stuff and how they got this song lah, because you know, and and he was saying that they were they just decided to just get together and just start pushing out words and lyrics. Let's just sit down, get guitars, start playing. And mm. see what happened, and that's mm. how they turned it, turned out this mm. kind of song. What was the winner? Then? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me quickly open up the other tab. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see. Humback Oak, favorite local group. 
Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong article. This is Paul, <laughs> Paul Zach's article. Although I like his headline. Perfect 10 scores a near perfect 9. <laughs> okay, yeah. List of winners. Okay, so this Perfect 10 Awards not just only for local acts, uh, so international acts. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep, yep. favourite pop male, <laughs> John Cicada. Favourite pop female, Tony Braxton. Mm. Favourite local act, Humback Oak. Favourite local song, Angel in the Night by Love Hunters. Oh, okay. So yeah. they, they won that. Yeah. Um, favourite local album, though. Very interesting, Midi Genetics by Club Ecstasy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A club band, a dance, a, you know, an electronic group winning this award. Interesting. Mm. Albums or more. It's not even like... I mean, that would be that would be considered back then like, yeah, synth-pop or what? Yeah, synth-pop. Yeah, it's, it, I guess it's more like synth-pop. Or techno, techno, I guess. Yeah. Electro, electro. Or dance-pop yeah. or something. Dance-pop. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, these are the word, the, the, the genres la, that were used back then. Yeah. Favorite new local act went to Naked, Frank Colasso. Naked, yeah, yeah, yeah. The others were like the international awards, which are like favorite new act, all for one. Favorite pop group or duo, Boys to Men. Favorite performance <laughs> of a song by an artist, 25 Minutes, by our favorite Danish band. <laughs> Michael learns the rock. Have they, have they learned yet? No, I don't think so. Not, not, not the last concert I saw. Um, and um, they're coming back to Singapore again. Are right? they? Yes. Well, I, I, I suppose so. Double, double bill with air supply. No, I, don't, I don't, I don't think it's a double bill. Though, but they're both coming back. Man. If it's not air supply, it's Michael learns the rock. They love Singapore. What can I yeah. say? You should give them that the song. Audience, Ask yeah. them to play that every time they come to Singapore. Surely all the fans will like start. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You see that happening. And uh, oh, the Perfect 10 Music Achievement Award. Mr. Richard Lee. Richard? Dick Lee. Uh, Dick Lee. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not too sure who else they will give this award to uh, exactly, at yeah. that point in time. You know, this is like Hello, who else is there? Back? Nobody la. Nobody can nobody would have gained enough traction yet. Mm. So the perfect ten awards. I mean, this was held at indoor stadium, you know. Six thousand people turned up for this show, which is crazy. That 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 is how mainstream Yeah, it had been. Yeah. Which is great, right? What made the show special, however, this is, this is, I'm reading from an article. What made the show special, however, was not the actual award ceremony, but the homegrown celebrities presenting them. Mm. Even Brian Ferry, in town for his concert, saw fit to appear among the audience. <laughs> wow. That's something. Yeah. It was hosted by uh, Najib Ali mm. and Kumar. So, mm. yeah lah. I mean, those two guys can run the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. A surprise item for the night was a rap performance by Richmond, which is Mark Richmond. Oh, by Mark Richmond. Yep. <laughs> Mark Richmond and his brother Don. Ah, uh, okay. I, yeah. can't, I can't so, say, yeah, I can't say much try, for, yeah. for Mark's rapping abilities, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, in the 90s, uh, Mark Richmond uh, was like, in, in all the media, right? He, he, he was on Perfect 10. He's a DJ on Perfect 10. DJ, then he'll do all the football commentary. Following his dad. Yeah. I <laughs> knew he was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the, the, the unique thing about it. Only for people who like live through those times will kind of appreciate how unique mm. uh, that, that era was. Yeah. Like, in the sense that it's like, oh, you know, it's like, like I said, like mainstream. Right? Mm. Uh, Singapore music was mainstream. Singapore uh, musicians were mainstream. Yeah. So it was like, by 95, I think it's a bit of the peak. So you get something like that, like 6,000 people in indoor stadium. Yeah. 6,000. Eh? I wonder if they could do that now. I mean, if you get all the big, if you get all the big names coming together, you know, put them together and then build I, like this. I mean, 10 years later, we had things like MTV. That actually was the tail end of the 90s it started yeah. oh is it yeah okay. because uh, MTV came to Singapore in 95 right <laughs> yeah as usual 10 years late <laughs> when did MTV start 80s right it was, 80s. It was the 80s thing 80s. I remember yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so MTV Asia HQ in Singapore in 95 
with two channels, ah, two Asian channels. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah lah. So that's about when you started having like your cable and, and things like that. Mm, mm. In Singapore, in Singapore, yeah. And, and I'm I'm just wondering, right? Because like we were talking to Eric Koo last last year. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about his music videos. Now, most of his music videos were done before 95. Earlier, right? earlier. Yeah, with like the, oh, your smiling face and all that. That would be 91, 92, right? 91, 92, yes. So, I'm just wondering whether any of those would have been put on this new MTV thing. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how would, how would people watch those music videos? I mean, they'll be on, on, on the local TV channels. Like Channel 5 and all that. Just Channel 5, because like, uh, when we did the Orchard Road video, right, that was on Channel Five. Right? Orchard Road was what year? Ninety three, ninety three. Right. So ah, that was okay. surreal. Okay. So surreal okay, okay. Like, oh, okay. And you know, it was as usual. Like, I mean, similar to the others that Eric did is like really very low budget kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny like you see it on TV. It's like okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember when they did our, our music. I mean, our music video was even lucky more. More low budget than whatever Eric put out because I remember looking at this and thinking, why can't we get like the Eric Koo videos? Why, why can't our video look like the Eric Koo videos? So that's how the budget ours was compared to that. I mean, that's why like, it's, it's a, uh, you know, a lot to do with expertise, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Eric Eric, Eric is basically the king of low budget. Yeah. No, no budget. So no, budget yeah. no budget. Yeah. No budget, but in can main competition. Can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> TV, so MTV, the two channels that MTV launched mm. were mm. MTV Asia. Yes, that's a channel. Right. And MTV Mandarin. And then they had they had the VJs, right? But then I remember. Yeah, so the VJs, um, I guess the most popular ones would be Nadia, Nadia mm. Huntagalong, the sisters, May and Choi, one. They, the one they, I think they start in the Royston's uh, movie as well, Papa, Papa Yao. Oh, okay, yeah. those two. I see. Okay. Yeah, I remember. And I think the fact that MTV came here, it's also another, you know, another stamp that says, okay, you know, this is a place that music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. MTV right. of all things, you know what I mean? At the time, yeah. at the time, uh, at the time, it was like the premier, the premier music. Slow, it's the slow evolution. Uh. Mm, mm. Even then, our our soft power attempts at soft power, they cannot, Cannot fight with South Korea. What do you mean? Like if you look at if you look at South Korea in the nineties, let's let's say ninety five. Okay, okay. Right, it's it's nothing, you know, zero, no. You right, talk right, about right. yeah. There's no K-pop. Yeah. There's they have films and drama and drama, sorry, but nobody cares yeah. back then. It, everything was Japanese back then. Yeah. Ninety five. Yeah, J-pop la, J the Japanese film and all the anime and everything. Yeah, so J pop right? Yeah. Yeah. So you fast forward thirty years later. Right, they have they, they they have Korean bands on top of the Billboard charts. Right, that's because they invested like millions into their soft power, la. I'm just wondering, like looking back at that point, could we have actually done something similar? Bit difficult, la, because we don't have the, I mean, the population size, Because you know, no matter what South Korea, they have you know more people than we do. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the starting point, right? The starting point is. The, the local population buying in, you see. Mm. Because even with this thing about the awards and all that, because yeah. I, I, I noted in some of the other, I mean, there's one article about uh, uh, local bands opening for foreign yes, bands. That's that, right. that's yeah. usual, that, it's the same old story, right? Where people complain. Ah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Right? So I, you know, the usual thing, I didn't pay, don't know how much just to watch a local band. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there, there's still a limit, you see, to, to how far that acceptance goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's the other thing that I also noticed about all these stories, right? Um, mm. It's very, very polarizing. Yeah, I mean, in the content, lah. You know. Yeah, the comments, huh? The comments are a bit crazy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> foreshadowing Facebook. Yeah, correct. Because these, these are all like men on the street type, like. Hey, what do you think about local oh, bands and stuff like freaking, that? All freaking trolls, right? Yeah. 
you know, that's the thing, right? So I'm like, wow, it's it's <laughs> everything started in that, that period. It was all born in yeah, here. Yeah. It was all born here. Maybe, maybe if we talk about, I mean, it's all about the scene and stuff like that. Before we start talking about the other side of it, the dark side of the scene, um, mm. you know, the, the plus side of the, the music scene was the fact that um, by 95, there was a shitload of gigs coming in. Yes. And these are not just like your small indie bands or whatever, right? These are like, you know, your big names from across the decades. Yes. We have a list here and the list, I mean, this is not even the full list, right? I, I actually just only picked the main, the bigger names that, that were here. Starting from mm. in January with that, Cliff Richard, R.E.M., mm. Roxette, mm. Brian Ferry, mm. Jenna Jackson, Pearl Jam, Rolling Stones at the National Stadium, uh, Phil Collins, Yanni, Winnie Houston, Cheryl Crow, Foreigner, Bon Jovi. That's, a, that's an interesting one, uh, the Phil Collins. I have no recollection yes. of Phil Collins yeah, see, being in Singapore. Right? Strange, right? I, yeah, I don't know, I'm but like, apparently he did. Phil knows? Collins? I was looking at a list, I was like, Phil Collins? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. Um, and, mm. and of course, Singapore was also fell under the spell of the, of the boy bands because you get your bands like yeah, Culture, yeah, yeah. K-U-L-C-H-A. Anybody remember them? No, not really? Okay, fine. 4pm came and the dance yeah. scene as well. 4pm, M people all came down to play. M people. Duke and stuff yeah. like that. Um, other big names, Harry Connick Jr. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Take um, that. Yeah. Survivor. Yeah. James Taylor, Chubby mm. Checker, Buddy Guy, Rod Stewart, Firehouse, Def Leppard, Black Sabbath, Wet Wet Wet, Boyzone. That's quite a lot. That's of... not even the whole list, you know. I mean, yeah. the, high, yeah. the one I remember most was The Highwayman, um, which is Highway basically Man. Johnny Cash, uh, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, William and Jennings. Jennings. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a show at, at uh, Suntec City mm-hmm. in one of the convention halls and, uh, and the PA gave out halfway through the set. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were playing halfway and then the lights, the power just cut. La. It, was like, it was like, and then nobody knew what was going on and then, and then Johnny Cash and I remember this, Johnny Cash comes on without mic or anything. He just starts singing Walk the Line, just strumbling on his, uh, his acoustic guitar and sings like that to the whole audience. And then the other guys all start joining in. I mean, that's the way. That's the way yeah, because the power cut lasted for quite a, quite a while. So he just, and he just started doing like this. Uh, unplug, I uh, literally unplugged this. <laughs> no amplification, no nothing. Just just go there. That, that, that is... That is... But that's a trooper, yeah. Yep. I mean, they've been, they've I mean, been they've doing, been doing this since the 50s, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, they're, they're pros, yeah. Lah. So, for that, it's like, okay, let's just do it, yeah, lah. exactly. Yeah. They'll, they'll do their set with acoustic, lah. yep. It's just, right? just it's like they, campfire they, songs, they, lah, you know, what I mean? totally not phased, they won't be phased at all, lah. yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's you know, this, this is like this is your high water mark, lah. I mean, when mm-hmm. the shit in this kind of monumental, you know. Thing happening like yeah. a breakdown of your sound system that's like one thing you don't want to happen at a concert <laughs> no of course not yeah, yeah. and these guys just go ahead okay who cares yeah we can just do it like that yeah brilliant yeah. Oh, and then they had a they had a Hong Kong Galaxy of Stars kind of show um, the headline by none other than Fei Wong Fei Wong uh. but so so the venues that they play I mean indoor stadium obviously for the big bands like R.E.M. R.E.M.'s uh, gig here, most notably, was that their video for a song on Monster called Star 69 is just seen from this concert. And you can, yeah. see, and you can see our very good friend, Patrick Chung, standing right in front, mouth agape in a mosh pit, staring up at Michael Tyre. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the... <laughs> the video, yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course, like for our locals, R.E.M. is a, it's a big influence. Like. Mm, yeah, definitely. So that was like... That was like the, the, the gathering gathering yes, of all yeah, the... yeah every every known like you know muso indie muso at the time yeah. was there man we'll be there <laughs> yeah, la, we'll yeah. be there definitely did you wait, were, you, were you there I reviewed I reviewed the gig for people oh okay okay yeah I, I reviewed the gig for business times and this this was the this was the this was the gig that I was told that um I had to write something negative about the show Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So I, I picked out the two things that I genuinely had a complaint about. One was where I was sitting, right? 
It was directly yeah. in front of the bank of guitar amplifiers. Mm-hmm. So I got a heavy dose of like distortion guitar coming my way. Because I was on I was all on the, that side. The monster tracks. Yeah, it's all, all the, the monster yeah, tracks. All the big tracks. Like your crush with eyeliner, your quest of frequency yeah. cannot and all that. Yeah. And yes. this was the gig. I think a month later or something, Bill Berry would collapse on stage. Yeah, any reason. Yeah. It's yeah. a couple of gigs after this one. Could be, could be, yeah. Yeah, and Singapore, the Singapore gig is also referenced in a song from their New Adventures yeah. in Hi-Fi album. That was, that's the album after After Monster. Monster. Yeah, and that was the that's the last album with Bill Berry. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. In the song Departure lah, the the mm. lyrics go Singapore to San Sebastian, which is mm. literally the next stop on their tour. <laughs> Yeah. After Singapore, then. so it's quite it's quite interesting because it's like you if you look at the REM so called and this is just an aside hmm. output after he quit the band, it's not really as good. <laughs> so he in fact did a did all, he did a lot of the writing, you know, which no a lot of people didn't realize. Yeah. Like the like the because I was reading something once that the the key the the key interesting change change at the beginning of Man of Man on the Moon, right? Uh-huh. It comes from Bill Berry. Okay, okay. That, that, that slide up thing. Yeah, okay. okay. The slide up, right? Yeah. Which is very unusual, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, when you hear that, it's like, what's that? Right, right, right. It's, that's Bill Berry. That's what I read. <laughs> that was Bill Berry. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just a drummer, you know? He doesn't just bang no, the drums. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Yeah, but, but REM, REM is like, like I said, like very, very kind of distinctively, I really associate REM very much with our scene yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, I, uh, same, same. Very much associated with them. Everybody I spoke to all, all cited REM. I mean, I, had, I, had, I wasn't that interested in REM until I started speaking to everybody mm. else. <laughs> this year is 40th anniversary of Mama. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This year, 83, yeah, I remember 83, it. Yeah. I remember buying it. Still, that's like this unremarkable looking album cover. Yeah, I have no idea what it, what it is still. Yeah, Up to this day, like I'm like, swamp, looks like some like kind a of swamp. Yeah, yeah. Swamp. Some trees. Right? But yeah, but that album was really like, wow. Right, so it was, I, I remember it being very like contrasting with the UK pop scene, which I was very heavily into back then. Right, then suddenly you get this and like, hey, this is very, very rock and very guitar and all that. And it's very different from what's going on in, in the UK. But like I said, Singapore always like 10 years behind, right? So, by the time, so 93 came along and then we all got into it. <laughs> yeah. We started I mean, Of course, more like early 90s, but it's like... Yeah. I can say like it's our 10 years. Like, yeah, that's yeah, true. Was, that's true. It's like our, our first punk band was our first punk band it was 85, right? Yeah. No, no I mean a bit, a bit earlier. La. It'll be like early 80s. La. 10 years. 10 years later. We were in the post <laughs> it was really post-punk by that time already. We, we missed the we missed the punk boat. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of like because this like Ariam was an indoor stadium, right? And and yeah. to me the only other notable indoor stadium gig from that period was yeah, uh, Pearl Jam. When mm. they came to tour their Vitology album. Yeah. 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 And which was the first time yeah. everybody saw mm. the whole, you know, uh mosh moshing, huge, mm. gigantic, everybody getting up in an uproar about the behavior at a big major event like this kind of thing. I think they forgave all those substation type shows and all that. But then when this one came, wow, everybody's talking about how the chairs were ripped off, mm. blah, 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 blah. And I, and mm. I guess it didn't help matters that Eddie Vedder started destroying the stage as well. Mm. I don't remember, yeah. I don't remember he, 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 he took the mic stand. I, I, was, I, never, I, never, I, I never, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he took the mic stand and uh, this was for the encore and then he smashed a hole on the stage, on the staging to create a hole. And then the band all went off, just climbed through the hole and went, out, you know, into the underground, the underworld, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how, they, that's how they left the stage. <laughs> We're like, okay. <laughs> so probably insurance would pay that. Yeah. 
I guess so. <laughs> what I do remember, what I do remember, because that you had Whitney Houston. Yes, right? yes. And the whole whole thing about her turning off the aircon. Yeah, yeah, in the stadium. Because yeah. it affected her voice. It was too cold. In fact, her voice, yeah. <laughs> so that everybody was like, like especially, you know, those people in the... The, you know, the expensive, expensive seat sweating. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at that point in time, we need Houston highest price ticket ever. Uh, mm. Not ever, mm. la, I mean, up to then, right? At that time, la, $325. But she was at her peak. Yeah, yeah this was, this, she was in like... 90s. Yeah, just, just the biggest thing, the biggest... She was huge, she was massive. So, Whitney, the only person, I think, to shut off the, the stadium's aircon. Mm. <laughs> uh, another interesting thing was, uh, uh, at this point, because all these, everybody is trying to bring all these bands in, and, and uh, like you, you mentioned, also, like, bands started doing opening act sets and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, like, Naked um, opened for Cheryl Crow. Radioactive opened for Bon Jovi. And... Uh, Oh yeah, just a quick sidestep on the Bon Jovi show, which I found very interesting because some 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 big Bon Jovi fan put up this series of things to note for Bon Jovi concerts in the nineties. Oh. And apparently, and apparently in Singapore, they they premiered a few things that they it was either started here or they only did for Singapore. Uh, one of them, which is quite interesting, I did not realize that was that they opened the show with "Living on a Prayer" and "You Give Love a Bad Name." Which were previously mm-hmm. apparently like encore numbers, mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. from Singapore onwards, they kick off all the concerts with these two, these two, the, the double whammy of, of songs. Mm. Yeah, and then they also add uh, a cover of Glory Days to their song Sleep When I'm Dead. Well, the Springsteen yeah, song. Yeah, Springsteen one, yeah. And they also uh, start performing uh, Rocking All Over the World, the, uh, well, the Status Quo. Status Quo. Yeah. Alama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I like it. Like I like it. it. I like it. I like it. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that was. If I remember, it was like the encore type. The the crowd, the you know, the, the sing along song. Like everybody can sing. The right, song right, kind of right. And they also did a this one, which quite, which I don't remember at all. But um, apparently, he did do this one here, uh, "Blood Money," which was from the Blaze of Glory album, the Young Guns to soundtrack, uh, mm. the one with um, "Wanted Dead or Alive," I think, if I'm not wrong. So. Those people who were there at the Bon Jovi gig, you would have caught these four key things that Bon Jovi would, you know, it's mm. either very rare or it became a it became a, a part of their concert mm. makeup. Mm. So it started in Singapore, like, basically. Like. Yeah, but it would be very tough, I would imagine, like, right, for for any local band to kind of open. Right? At that venue, yes, it's a to me, like, I mean, because. We, I had the, I had the opportunity to play at indoor stadium to open for Brian Adams mm. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But, 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 uh, I can't remember. It was in some article or something like that. Like the high point was, the high point for a local band that they opened at the indoor stadium, and the low point for a local band is that they open at indoor stadium and then they get booed up yeah. by the crowd. <laughs> Yeah. Slaughtered. We were we were slaughtered. But that is actually that's quite normal. I mean, even like in 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 the US, mm-hmm. that's what they do, right? They they quite often if they don't have let's say some other opening bands that follow them on tour, they uh, will just get some yeah. local local bands to Yeah, yeah. It's actually that. very, very common uh practice. Yeah, so it's a common thing. Yeah. And also common for the crowd to kind of like Win the crowd over lah. Yeah. Right. I saw um, what's that Scottish band called? Travis opened mm. for Oasis in New York. But mm. when Travis was playing, and this they already had their first album. Why does it always? Um, why does it always rain on me? That that they had a hit, had a couple of hits really, uh, and mm. playing on on Billboard. I mean, they were on Billboard and they were playing on American radio and stuff. But the singer friend Healy actually said. Hi, we're Travis. We're the band that you all come in and sit down mm. to. <laughs> it's like half empty. The mm. concert starts, everybody is out in the halls just buying their drinks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah, they, were yeah, playing. yeah. they did a whole prop, like 45 minute set or whatever. Yeah. I think yeah. that the whole place was only like two thirds full yeah. at, at the most. Then the moment yeah. 
the lights went off. Next thing you know, the whole place started big. You know, in 10 minutes, the whole place yeah, just yeah, started yeah. getting fully packed yeah. again. Yeah. 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 It's not it's not too unusual, actually. No, it's not too unusual, but I guess it's I guess the fact that, you know, in Singapore though, this having an opening act is very rare. It is yes. not a common thing for gigs here yeah, to have opening yeah, acts. Yeah. Even if it's a Western pop act or whatever, if you come to Singapore, you, you don't get opening acts at all. And um, but I have to hand it to like the organizers who did all these things, especially those that brought in these big acts and stuff. Because what if nothing else, right? I mean, but our 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 what do you call it? Our salve, if you if you will, was the fact that they paid us like a hefty sum. I don't mind being opening act for the rest mm. of my life if I'm getting paid mm. like this. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, like, it depends, lah. I mean, sometimes it, it, you know, I mean, they'll leave it to their management to sort it out, lah. Yeah. Um, there's this article written by Serene Go in Straits Times about this homegrown brands not welcome as opening acts. And uh, someone said, people come to watch the main stars like Bon Jovi or Charles Grohl and they are single-minded about seeing their stars. They don't care who the opening act is. He said, referring to Radioactive Set at the Bon Jovi, bon Jovi show. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, like we were saying, yeah, like we were saying, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like Unusual. No, it's not unusual. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah but I mean, it's yeah. only unusual in the Singapore context, lah, because we 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 hardly see this kind of thing. Very yeah. rarely see this kind of things. You know, yeah, even correct, a right. foreign band bringing their own uh, opening act, it's also very yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we don't know we don't know about that. Lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does happen. So like when police they had their reunion tour, it was it was Sting's son's band. Yeah, band. that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, kind of, which is kind of weird. <laughs> family holiday lah. Yeah, family holiday. <laughs> family, family vacation. Yeah. They come here. Yeah. And since we're here, you play also lah. Okay lah. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, I mean, there was police. And then later on, I saw Sting also in a concert. Uh-huh. And then in, in, in the band also, they had uh, his son also was in the band. Oh, really? Okay. Play. Yeah. Same guy, I think. And then also, I think the, his guitarist... There's a two guitarists. That, yeah, the second guitarist is the guitarist's son. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, they can, of, course, of course, they must be able to play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. They had to deliver. <laughs> la, but yeah, that's the way it works. La. I mean, you know, keeping it within the family. So I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. yeah, you know, in the, in the same article, somebody somebody was mentioning that um, I don't see why local bands can't open for international acts, but... I, I I can tell you why local bands, even though at this point in time, right, you local bands were like so called everywhere in the media, but not all the mm. time you will be able to see them perform, uh, yeah. because there are very very few stages for local bands to per- perform. Even in nineteen ninety five, of course, Pony Canyon had a regular show going on. That uh, we were talking about this uh, at the Lido downstairs. Yeah. Right, right. So they, they, the that was like a amphitheater. Like, yeah, the amphitheater kind of thing. They it was built like, you know, it was made like amphitheater, right? So, Pony Canyon mm. had a regular show every other weekend. Of course, substation. Mm. You go to substation, and you see the bands play. Um, but very rarely beyond these two main areas, right? Local mm. bands doing their own stuff and all that. Uh, you can't go to pubs to watch them play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. lah, but again, rarity. Not not it, not don't have, but it's just you know very yeah, rare, very rare, very rare. Very rare. Here, indie band playing in pub or hard rock cafe. Yeah. Hard rock cafe actually, yeah. um, to their credit, they actually started a thing in 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 ninety five as well, where they on their dark nights when the main band Jive Talking isn't playing, right? Mm. They allow a local band to take the stage and do the set for the do the three sets for the night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even my band Evo also played. One of these mm. shows, um, but even back even back then, uh, where you had like cover bands, a lot of times they were not even Singaporean. Yeah, yeah. Like it would it would take like another ten years. Yeah, before the scene became with, prominent tim- with Timber, with Timber and all that. Like. Timber, Walla Walla, but yeah, So so, this is one of those things where it's very interesting because you know you you would think that ninety five coming off the back like of ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, where the local scene or the indie scene is slowly building up, you know. Mm. Um, you know, with with odd fellows in ninety one, ninety two, mm. you know, slowly mm. other people like Cake coming in, 
1994, coming in 93, 94, that period. And then, yeah. in, like you said, all this awareness. So there's so much awareness and so much, um, you know, I mean, fair play, like, you know, media support was at its peak. In, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can see the bands on TV, like on Live on Five or yeah, yeah, yeah. Gamit Singh Show. You know, and, and as you said, radio is start, starts playing. I mean, local bands are getting number one yeah. hits on radio mm. based on listenership and based on, on audience, you know, it's an audience vote kind of thing. Mm. And they are fighting against uh, international acts and, you know, trusting yeah. them by getting the number one position. Yeah, Unheard yeah. of since the 60s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 60s were based on sales. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Caveat there. <laughs> but I think even, even with all that, now it's telling that it is still like, still a limited audience. Hmm. It is still a limited audience. Uh, it is not like, you know, really literally household because I don't think in general, even like Singaporeans, even back then, are really in that much into music and all that. Mm, local music, you mean? Or music in general? Or any, any music. Ah, okay, any music. okay. Yeah, not like, let's say, like 20 years later, mm-hmm. like everybody's going for shows. And right, right, different. yeah. Like, like, yeah. Very different already. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like maybe in the nineties, you know, there are not that many concert goers compared to twenty years later. I would say the early half of the nineties definitely. But I think I mean, you know, by the time ninety five rolls around and all these gigs start happening, because the gigs are not just at Indoor Stadium, right? I mean, Hard Rock Cafe played host to a lot of big names, right? Um, yeah. You know the the World Trade Center. What's it called? Harbour Pavilion. You know the the, yeah. the, the yes. concert. Yeah, yeah. Harbour yeah. Pavilion. Yes. So these guys, uh, these places, start becoming venues. And the fact that I think I think uh, I think uh, the fact that so many bands can play within the calendar year, and still you know make it seem very um, profitable. I suppose that the concert goers still want to keep getting these people in. You know, mm. it shows that the maybe the the mindset has shifted, and the people would go to concerts yeah. as uh, yeah. uh, you know for a good time. You know, as a night out. Let's go yeah. to let's go do a gig because all these gigs are not weekend mm. gigs. Also, a lot of gigs were weekday gigs. Yeah, but even though no, notwithstanding that there seem to be quite a lot of names, what I'm trying to say is that it still does not uh, come up to the peak. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Twenty okay. years later, yeah. where it's like. Every, every week, big, every big, yeah. Every week, then something like you said, I always go back to the example of New Order and Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's just like, yeah, like what? Yeah, like I can't well, think like that. Like, yeah, 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 that, yeah. Twenty fifteen. So by the time you reach that point, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can get two big names in on the same night and yeah. still fill both houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, so it is still right. I mean, it's, it was it's great. It was an evolution, now, Basically, it kind of grew and grew and grew mm-hmm. uh, to that point. Uh, now it's a question of because of pandemic and all that, whether we can get back to that, lah. Uh, yeah. Post-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the big question. I think it will take some time. Yeah. It'll take some time, yeah. right? Some because time. don't forget, also a lot of the crowds were not not Singaporeans, or rather, not people yes. in Singapore. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah, flew yeah, in yeah. just to see a gig here because, you know, Singapore at this point also, you, by 2015, Singapore would become like mm. the only stop in yeah, Asia yeah. or whatever it is. You know, yeah, it had gotten yeah. to such a point that we, people, yeah, we just play Singapore, we don't play anywhere else. Uh, yeah, it'll make, it'll make sense for, for, for those like, organizers, uh, for the bands and all that. Uh, because I think by then, really, there's a bit of a framework, right? Mm. A network. The network, lah. Yeah. Yeah. And people can come from Indo or Malaysia or Philippines or whatever. Yeah. So. But similarly with the concerts, I mean, with all the big name shows that are happening here, so, I mean, like, Ariane mm. didn't play any place else in Southeast Asia. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know? It makes sense, like, it makes yeah. sense for them. So, so it was slowly, you know, becoming the hub for gigs and, and performances, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's the, the way to kind of, Position yourself, mm. as a you know entertainment hub. I think, uh, yeah. But with that also, I mean, we we talk about like, I think if if ninety five was 
like kind of like the peak of this mm. whole music thing. Yeah, but it, as you know, a peak cuts both ways, right? So you can't, it's at the top, but then where do you go from there? There's no other place else to go except down the other side. Yeah, I mean, there was something. I think 95 started, you could see the cracks starting to form as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, we had the, the five years, la, you know. the 90, no, 97 yeah. to the five years where we had those, or the, the economic. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That came soon after right. this, la. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Financial crisis, yeah. 9-11 in, in the SARS. Right. SARS was yeah, like, SARS like a walk, walk in the park compared to SARS like a walk in the park compared to, compared to COVID. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> I want three months to need SARS, was, like, SARS came and went like yeah whatever yeah three months a social visitor and we, and we, social visit we, pass we, <laughs> not a yeah. long term stay and we thought it was terrible <laughs> yeah terrible. yeah exactly then it get three years <laughs> and that's where we're gonna leave it for now uh, as usual, Kevin and I tend to ramble on a bit when it comes to topics like these. Um, but tune in next week for part 2 of our exploration into 1995, a year that I still contend was a key one for Singapore's music scene. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to Lion City Rock and tell all your friends about us, yeah? So until then, we'll see you in the next episode. 